Hello and welcome to Barbara's Podcast. This is the show for women, all about health, nutrition, and wellness. It's the show that will empower you and inspire you to create a healthier lifestyle. Having a conversation with Dr. Herman Weiss. Welcome. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Excellent. So just to give you a little bit of history. Um, so I'm an OBGYN, a specialist in women's health. Uh, I've, uh, I went to medical school at Ohio, the Ohio State University College of Medicine in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I have my, um, my specialty training in women's health at uh, Einstein uh, in the Bronx um, and went to uh, private practice after that, did women's health, got a MBA from George Washington University, uh, did a lot of, um, you know, did a lot of private practice. Um, went to industry, worked in industry for a few years at, at Teva Pharmaceuticals and then in Juniper Pharmaceuticals, uh, have always, you know, continued to see patients, um, went back, you know, full time into seeing patients and, uh, you know, currently actually I live in Israel, uh, and I have a, uh, a very robust, uh, private practice seeing, um, you know, patients who are. You know, female patients trying to get pregnant, not trying to get pregnant, trying to prevent pregnancies, menopausal women, all over the, uh, the full range. So how did you become interested in PCOS? So, you know, when, you're, when I was in pharmaceutical development, we always looked for the, uh, the largest market, the largest unmet medical need, um, and something that was actionable, um, and something that we could uh, develop uh, pharmaceutical, that we could patent and make, make a lot of money on, right? Yeah. And and PCOS always rose to the top. PCOS always says, I mean, the incidence is outstanding. It's it's whatever study you look at, it's between five and ten and fifteen. Some studies in some populations is up to twenty percent. Um, and even and I and I see that this is happening more and more. Um, uh, and especially in my population, I'm seeing it. Um, I'm seeing it all over the place. Um, and I think that our our society and our diets and our and the way that we're shifting um, to unhealthy lifestyles is actually worsening it. Whether it be from the processed foods, the the glycemic uh, index that we that we're eating, um, the things that you're very well aware of. But I just I'm just seeing so much more of it recently within my my patient population, both when I was working in the states here in Israel as well. Um, and that's strange because one of the things about PCOS is the Mediterranean diet is recommended, yet it's not really um, either it's not taking effect or they've uh, they're not using the Mediterranean diet to the best of its ability. So so PCOS has always been at the top of my radar for treatment, um, and I've always uh, I, I always loved you know seeing these patients whether they be uh, you know the adolescents um, who may be you know struggling with weight issues. Uh, or menstruation issues, and um, and so you know once you identify that that patient who may or may not have PCOS, there are a lot of different things that we you know we, we, you can intervene with. Um, the, the last of which is medications, and there's a whole host of things that I counsel them on. Um, and so I've been counseling patients for years on PCOS, um, and uh, you know, and and so just back to the point that I was making about the pharmaceutical company. Because women in, in pharma 
women in uh, you you know when you're trying to make a, a medication specifically for a, a female, you have to worry about the pregnancies, the prevention of pregnancies, and it's very challenging to develop. And so they've never actually worked on a drug specifically for PCOS. A lot of times they go like this and they, they figure out a, a, a oral contraceptive that could work for PCOS and because uh, as, a, as a secondary, uh, you know, goal. Um, so it's, um, it's interesting that, you know, no, no pharmaceutical company will, will touch it because of the, because of the, the potential liability during the development and whatnot. So it's, um, you know, I've always, I've always been fond of, fond of it. Yeah. Um, so could you give us a couple of signs and signals of PCOS, what uh, someone can look, look out for? Right. So, um, you know, this is something that, that I'm also fond of talking about my patients. Um, you know, when we do testing, we test the patient and, and her lab tests or however, her ultrasound, whatever it may be, the moment we do the test, not five minutes before and not five minutes after. And, and life, you know, is, is a pendulum and we kind of shift in and shift out of different scenarios. Um, and, uh, and so it's very important to understand when we do blood tests, that only tells me the moment I took your blood, not, not a month before, a month after. And so when a patient presents to me and says, you know, I have this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, these symptoms, but the doctor I went to before says, I for sure don't have um, PCOS or I don't have any problems. Everything is fine. Go off, you know, go off and take care of yourself. That, and that's the worst thing you can do to uh, a patient because one of the things one of my professors when I was, you know, studying um, was, uh, was always fond of saying the patient's always right. Uh, whether the patient's wrong or not, the patient's always right. And, and because the patient's always right, if the patient has the wrong conclusion, you have to guide the patient to make that understanding of how to get there. Um, so the onus is on the physician and on the practitioner to, be, to, to bring the patient along because you have a, a whole world and you know, history of experience and knowledge, you have to bring the patient along to where you're holding. So when patients go to doctors and doctors say, oh, you don't have this, that, the other thing, you know, listen to the patients and you see that there's a specific amount of um, you know, diagnostic criteria that you really um, can utilize. Now, I always say that because it's such a heterogeneous group with different phenotypes, they, they may look different or, or it, it's very, you know, pose a huge challenge both for the diagnosis and both for the treatment. Um, and so basically they present with irregularities in their bleeding cycles, okay, whether that's too much, too little, uh, none at all. Um, they go a long time without, um, without periods. Uh, sometimes it results in infertility because they have challenging in ovulation. Um, so it could be that these patients are having a, 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 a very difficult time conceiving. Um, that may be the first time that you see them. Um, they have elevated androgen levels, or at least evidence of elevated androgen levels. Androgens are hormones in the body that are the male hormones. Like women have male hormones and men have women hormones, but it's all about the balance. And so in, in women with PCOS, that balance is a little bit off. Now, mind you, when you look at a bell curve of like, you know, 10%, 90%, 50%, right? The bell curve will indicate what most patients have. Um, but that if a patient is living over here her whole life at like say 20%, which is fine, and some people do, and then all of a sudden she jumps up to 80%, even though that's in with the normal curve, that's abnormal for that patient. And I always tell patients, 
I don't care what the other 999 patients outside say. I only care about you because you're the one in my office right now. So it's very, very important to get the, the, the whole picture and apply it to the patient sitting in front of you. So androgen excess. So what are some symptoms other than blood work, which may or may not be positive, like I just said, that indicate that the patient has elevated um, androgens? Well, acne, okay, she may have some gross um, and, and uh, levels of acne that are, are bothersome. Like, you know, I'm 30 years old and I, I have acne again. When I had it when I was 16, why is it happening again? Um, hair loss, where she wants her hair on top of her head, and hair growth, where she doesn't want her hair on her, on her face, which, which could be problematic. And so, you know, it's, it's where you want it, you don't want it, and I have it the, the reverse. Anyway, um, uh, hair loss, hair growth, uh, oily skin, uh, there, there's some different, like, skin tags and something called acanthinite grins, which is like uh, skin discoloration in the back of the neck. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, um, a lot of uh, different manifestations of androgen excess. Um, and then the third criteria, so is menstruation, um, uh, endocrinopathies with the adrenal, I'm sorry, the androgens. And then lastly, an ultrasound evidence, what we call the Rotterdam criteria, which is, um, which is where they establish the criteria of specific morpholo morphological um, uh, evidence of multiple, I don't want to call them cysts, it's a very bad name, um, but it's, it's more of follicles. The follicles are these small follicles that are around the ovary that are supposed to ovulate once a month. But when they're, when they're um, different um, stimulations, um, it, it, they, don't get, they don't get to the ovulation. They just get up to the ovulation. So you have a lot of multiple ovaries that are uh, multiple follicles. So you have multiple follicles as seen. And there's a specific number that you have to find, plus or minus, um, and and. All of the above or none of the above or some of the above or some, some heterogeneous mix of all of them that really makes the, um, you know, makes the diagnosis. So, so very challenging. They come after one or two, sometimes one or two doctors see them. Uh, sometimes it's a, uh, it's a struggle because you have to undo a lot of the damage, so to speak, that the other doctors had done um, and, um, and get them to a place where you can actually make a difference, okay? Um, and so uh, I was gonna say another thing about that, but yeah, so that, oh, one of the things that I found fascinating in my research was, this is, it, it's rampant, it's, it's really like growing, it's everywhere, like I said, it's up to 20% in some of the populations you see. That means, you know, a patient, five people in your waiting room, one of them or, or more is gonna have PCOS. It often runs in families, even though we don't have a genetic component to it, we can't like do a genetic test and say, oh, she's gonna get PCOS. Because it's, it's polymorphous, it's many different, um, many different roads to get to the same end zone. But um, I do see it with mothers and daughters, sisters. I see it in family members uh, very, very commonly. Um, I often treat, you know, three or four sisters of, of one mother, and you know, and 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 whatnot. And so, you know, fortunately, she's had children, so so they do know that infertility, which is one of the hallmarks, because everybody comes in with Doctor Google with a with a. a, a oh, yeah. A bunch of papers that they say Dr. Google said this, that, and the other thing. So I have to undo that damage. Um, and so, you know, so that's that's a little bit of the challenge. But one of the fascinating papers I saw, um, basically, they took a, uh, uh, I want to say the arbitrary, just a random sampling. At, it was a group meeting. They did a random sampling of like 100 women. Sure enough, about 15 of the women had, um, it was a 15, no, it was a much bigger number. Like maybe four or five hundred. 
be that as it may, it was a large number, and, and they did find 15% of the women had PCOS. 70% of them, of the women who had PCOS, did not know they had it. So they said, oh, I just had some irregular bleeding. I just had some of this. I just had, they didn't, they, no one put it together for them. Um, and I think, I think that, that was an a eye-opener, that it's rampant, and people don't know that they have it. And so, yeah, that, that was a, a, a massive. So it's very hard to say, well, oh, this is what I have. You know, it's not binary. Um, like high cholesterol, bring your cholesterol down. Blood pressure is binary. You know, HbA1c when you're testing for your glucose. You know, I, I need to do this to get to this. So um, it's it's very like like I said earlier, amorphous and challenging. Yeah, is there something that they could do with their diet that you're aware of? You know, if a lot of these women suffering from PCOS have um, high, uh, you know, insulin resistance, uh, so the the foods right. that they're eating are very high. In simple carbohydrates, so that, that, that as soon as they eat them, it raises their blood sugar, and it goes. Right. They go to some sort of cycle, negative cycle, right. which you know. Right. So when I when I start my um, when I sense that this patient is starting to you know come come uh, accept her diagnosis, so to speak, and what to do about it, I have a whole like you know speech I, I give them, and I and I put PCOS in the middle, and I start at one end, and it's a Venn diagram. So the first circle I write is diet. Okay, and I, I, I talk about specific diet recommendations, and there's many, many about exactly like you said, trying to, to, to a low glycemic, um, trying to, to mute that insulin spike, because the insulin spike um, is both, you know, directly and indirectly affect the pathogenesis, uh, you know, pathogenesis of PCOS. It's, it's a real, um, you know, one of the, the number one causes of PCOS. In fact, 70% of PCOS is caused by insulin resistance. Um, one of the treatments, one of the early treatments was the patients who presented with PCOS were put on a type 2 diabetes medication called uh, glucophage, metformin, you may be uh, familiar with. And yeah. so um, it actually worked to reverse a lot of that because it, it dropped the insulin spike and they were able to tolerate the, um, uh, you know, their, their ovaries started producing... Um, uh, they started producing uh, their, their eggs on a monthly basis when they were on the metformin. Uh, and so, you know, that got my, got, got my mind thinking about the diabetic diets, about type 2 diabetes, about the supplements for type 2 diabetes. Um, and so there's a specific, you know, I want to say food groups, about their specific foods that are, are low glycemic index. And, you know, you can, you know I'm not going to lecture to you about that, but there's definitely resources. Um, and I have resources on my, on my website about that as well. Uh, and we have nutritionists on, on our on our team that help uh, really help patients um, work through that. Uh, so diet is a big portion of it. Then I move around to the next circle on the Venn diagram, and it's nutrition. Now you know you scratch your head. What's the difference between diet and nutrition? And so nutrition is not what you eat because that's your diet. Nutrition is how you eat, when you eat, where you eat, in what cycle do you eat with who you eat, um, you know, you could have great friends that unfortunately are having some stressful incidents and you go out to eat with them late at night or you go having an ice cream party at midnight. And so, so I'm not telling you that you shouldn't support your friends who are going through challenging, you know, but you have to do so with, with, the, with the knowledge that that may not be best for you at this point. So, 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 um, so that's nutrition. And then I move around to exercise. Uh, exercise is very important to do specific exercise because even though 70% of, of PCOS is caused by insulin resistance, is also inflammatory uh, PCOS. 
and adrenal PCOS, which is basically your cortisol is very high and a lot of stress hormones going through your body. And they, they send off that, that, um, that you don't get into that nice rhythm of, of female hormones that are supposed to wax and wane during a month. And, and so you want to try to decrease your stress hormones. So if you do the wrong exercise, a lot of weightlifting, a lot of pressure, and you put too much stress on your body, you're going you're gonna to adversely affect your adrenals and bump up your cortisol and maybe worsen your uh, PCOS. So there is specific non-stressful exercise that you should be doing. Um, just to, uh, not to pump my course that much, but we actually have an exercise physiologist who both, my nutritionist and the exercise physiologist, both had PCOS and both use diet and exercise to combat that. And so they're part of the team and they, have, they tell their story and they give uh, over some tremendous uh, insights into both of these. Um, uh, so then I, I moved down through the through my, my Venn diagram, and I go to uh, mental health. Mental health is, is, is a, a huge um, under-discussed uh, issue here because patients, they don't like the way they look. They're not feeling well. Their hormones are all over the place, um, and it just spirals, and it just spirals, and it's, you know, it's really sad to see. And so what we try to do is we try to break that spiral. And, you know, one of the big things I'm fond of saying is that, you know, God gave us the number one antidepressant. It, it, it's, uh, it's outside, okay, with sunrise and sunset. You go outside with the sun, hit your skin. Some, some people have more skin than others. Um, and and uh, it activates vitamin D, which is an antidepressant. Your endorphins, your, your um, uh, you know, your cellular response to sun. Um, uh, it, 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 there's really... It, we know this documented that it improves mood, decreases anxiety. Uh, and so if you start exercising outside, whether it be the sun, whether it be the rain, um, you're actually hitting two of those Venn diagrams together. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to say about exercise is we know that when you eat, okay, when you eat, you, you, you have your, you know, your, your, your body takes in whatever you're eating. It breaks it down to proteins, amino acids, and gets into the carbohydrates, into the sugars. Basically, glucose gets stored for later use or used right now. And that's by the insulin. Insulin drives it into the cells. Um, and that's where you're getting that, those spikes. Um, but insulin actually uh, takes the glucose. And if it's needed somewhere, whether it be the brain or the liver or, or the skeletal muscles, will drive the glucose into those cells. So if you, and all you need to do, and this is what I tell patients, is after you eat, and if you don't learn anything from this podcast today, other than this point, this is the pearl I'm throwing at your feet. Go outside or, or just stand by your desk and do 15, 10, 15 minutes of some sort of exercise, whether jumping jacks or you know uh, squats or something where you're just moving. You're just moving. That's going to help mute your insulin spike and your insulin and your glucose spike, and move it. And not only that, but also move it into the skeletal muscles, away from storing it in your liver and your fat. So you're already helping yourself uh, in the short run. Um, so exercise at the right time could be uh, very important, and that also helps with the mental health as well. Um, mo yeah, moving along to the to, to the next circle on my on my micro uh, is the microbiome. The microbiome is bacteria that live in our body, especially in our intestines. And there's specific microbiome, um, you know, uh, families of microbiome about bacteria because there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, and millions of different types of bacteria. But there's specific, specific mixtures of them that if you have an overgrowth of them, you can, it leads to disease. We know it leads to sometimes 
you know, Alzheimer's, neurodegenerative diseases, different types of cancers, autoimmune disease, pro-inflammatory diseases, um, and, and part of the pro-inflammatory diseases is PCOS. And so we know that the microbiome is critical in that. We know that there's a specific microbiome, um, uh, studies have shown that is uh, specific to, uh, to uh, you know, female diseases such as PCOS and pro-inflammatory. So I highly recommend going online, getting a probiotic that is specifically geared towards women's health and specifically geared to rectify that. You know, I, studies have shown um, women who have chronic yeast infections, chronic bacterial infections, who uh, take treatment for them um, and go on probiotics, decrease their recurrence um, significantly. So, you know, we're just not, you know, and this is because we're getting too many antibiotics, we have the wrong diet, the processed foods, back to that whole diet conversation, um, and, and that's critical. As well, too much alcohol. Well, you, 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 gotta, you gotta live, you know? <laughs> Everything in moderation, in moderation. I, I don't wanna, you know, if you're coming home and drinking every day, you know, then you really need to make better life choices. Um, you know, clearly smoking is not the, um, is not, uh, you know, it's, it's not helpful. We you know smoking improve, you know, imp uh, what do you call it? Uh, hurts the, uh, vaginal microbiome. It helps, it doesn't help the regular microbiome. So there's so many ways that you can actually improve your insulin resistance and, uh, you know, and, and inflammatory, um, decrease your inflammation globally. Uh, and, and again, you know, there's definitely things that are reachable. Okay. Um, well, tell us a little bit about this, your supplement that you've put together, that uh, it's got some incredible ingredients that I've seen uh, when I when I read through the list of them. Yeah. A lot of nutraceuticals that are, you know, that our yeah. audience would love to hear. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, so one of the, uh, one of the things I used to do, um, was uh, where I've seen these patients, and you, you, you've got to counsel them, and you've got to also explain to them it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. And um, if you make the right choices, now, now this is something that you, know, that you and I have spoken about, but you have a goal, right? You try to reach that goal. And the goal is it's, it's not linear where you're, you, know, you get to the goal and you, you do X, Y, or Z, and you, you, you continue to move up, 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 and then you hit it, whether it be weight loss, ovulation, infancy, whatever the case may be, um, you don't reach it on a day-to-day -day basis. You have to be in it for the long term. Why, why is that the problem? Is because instead of, of, of directionally, you know, you, you know, you want to make progress every single day, you're, you're actually, you, you continue to do the right habits, but you're not making any progress. Then as you continue to do the, the right habits, you actually, then you start to make, and then boom, you overshoot it because you're, 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 you've actually accomplished everything over the course of days, weeks, months, years. Once you've established those habits to be good habits and habits you want to keep, then you hit your goals and even surpass them. The problem is, is that you try to make progress and you're not making any progress. This is where you start. You know, we call that the valley of tears and the value of failure. And, and you just, you just, you know, most of the habits fall off here. Most of the new year's resolu resolutions fall off when you don't make any progress. So, so what I used to do is I try to train these patients. Here's a bunch of, you know, life, um, interactions, things that you could do to improve yourself. And you can be able to make some real good, um, uh, improvements in whatever you're trying to do, but it takes time. Okay. It takes time. And so, I started putting patients, and when I looked at this, you know, in the insulin resistance, 
I started looking at the, this all this vast uh, you know majority of of uh, of data was showing that a, a lot of these supplements for PCOS actually help in you know if you take them for three six you know months not immediately and then you're not going to get an immediate effect by any of this stuff that we that we've discussed tonight um, and and then I started thinking to myself we know that metformin works for uh, PCOS and for type 2 diabetes, why don't I look into the literature on type 2 diabetes supplements? Because I know that a lot of people, you know, have type 2 diabetes and are on cinnamon, on chromium, on zinc, and magnesium for type 2 diabetes. So I kind of took the two, you know, two uh, data sets and I put them together and I started giving my patients a whole slew of 10 different, you know, vitamins and minerals and, and, and uh, herbs and they did phenomenal. I had patients who didn't menstruate for years, started taking my, my mixture, and then started menstruating and, and conceiving. Uh, I have patients, you know, testimonials on patients who took the mixture within two months conceived. Now, I'm not saying that, that those resi- results vary, um, but they were, they were it, was, it was thrilling to see, thrilling, and that's why I'm so enthusiastic about it. So for years, I was telling patients, go get this, that, the other thing, you know, and then, you know, I had a, a father of a patient of mine you know, what's asked me because he's a friend of mine, sends me a picture of like six different bottles. Okay. So, so I, I just looked at him like, that's, that's what I've been telling my patients to do. Get, you know, get all these things. And then they get a phone call. What, how much do I take? How do I take it together? When do I take it during the day? And how many of these do I take? So I just said to myself, it gets all complicated. <laughs> totally, totally. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put them all in one. I'm going to manufacture myself. I know that it works because I've been using it. And then I'm just going to, you know, start with showing it to my patients, which I have been doing, and it's, it's phenomenal. And I've gone through the, the, you know, I've gone through the, the, the ringer in terms of like Amazon and whatnot. And, and so, you know, we have an Amazon site, we have a Shopify site, um, and it's just been really thrilling. So, so each one of these has a different attack on the insulin resistance, the chromium, the cinnamon, the, the inositol. Inositol has been very well studied. Uh, it actually went up head to head against metformin and does, did equally as well in, in a metformin versus an acetal trial. Um, magnesium and zinc, um, they also do not um, only help with getting a patient to ovulate, but it also helps uh, the, the egg quality because it helps with the meiosis, mitosis uh, affecting uh, healthier eggs. Um, and, then, and then that whole slew of anti-type 2 diabetes medication uh, supplements um, it curbs your appetite. Okay, so I started taking it. Not that I need to ovulate, um, but um, but you're not going to judge me. I know that. <laughs> but I started taking it. Why? Because three patients called me after a week of taking my supplement. They said their appetites are gone. They they don't have any cravings. And is that healthy? And I looked at her. I'm like, oh my god, this makes all the sense in the world. If you're muting the insulin and you're not getting that spike of the insulin. And you're getting this, you're not going to have that uh, because once you, you know when you eat a candy bar, you know Snickers or whatever, you 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 get this this shooting up of your glucose, and then the insulin shoots up to catch it, and then like you know it drops it really quickly, and then like 20 minutes later or half hour later, you get that that craving again. You're right back where you started. Um, and so I mean it's it's bit, I'm telling you, it's so dramatic that I, I stand here today. And I'm not saying not to eat meals. You have to eat meals. Make sure they're protein heavy, and you know that was back to our diet discussion. But but the supplement has really stunted my um, 
my appetite as well as my patient's appetite. So I've, you know, I've lost about five pounds. I was really uh, very pleased to see that. Um, uh, and I'll let you know if I'm ovulating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fact that you added in, I was uh, quite impressed that you added in red yeast. You added in berberine. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of data on those about um, helping PCOS and helping uh, um, actually type 2 diabetes as well, but but specifically um, in the insulin resistance, it, they all work on a different aspect of the glucose transporters. I don't know how technical you wanted to get, but there's like, there's like a dozen different types of glucose transporters around the cells that insulin activates each one of them and brings in sugar in a different way, and each one has a different enzymatic process, and, and each one of these helps to potentiate that. Um, on a different on a different mechanistic uh, um, aspect of it. So it, so it, you know, it blew my mind when I saw it and it was working and and how well it's worked um, in my um, you know in my patients and in myself. Uh, so it's been really it's been really a pleasure. Well, in closing, um, Dr. Herman, how would uh, you like uh, our audience to get in contact with you if they did want to? You know, have a session with you, or if they did want to buy um, the supplement for the PCOS. Excellent. So, um, so the best way there's, there's a few ways you can, you can you can follow me on you know Instagram and and Twitter and and I I'm always posting new and research. Past notes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and Provation Life. P. You know, Ova means ovary and an egg, and Ovation is the standing ovation and Provation. So P R O. V-A-T-I-O-N life, probationlife.com is our website. Uh, you have contact, you can contact me via that website. Um, you have uh, uh, education.probationlife.com. Um, it's, it's my education site where I go over a lot of the stuff we just discussed, but I go more into depth because um, I really feel that an educated patient is really our best option um, to educate them and get them to take an active role in their health, not just grab a pill from the doctor or you know injection to get pregnant, and so, and so it's um, so yeah. So you can reach out to me that way, uh, and we have an Amazon uh, site up and running for, for this powder. That's uh, it's different than all inositols out there. If you're familiar with inositol, because it has all these other ingredients, including turmeric and like you said, berberine, red yeast. Um, the data is is tremendous, and uh, we are conducting a clinical trial now. So we'll have specifics related to that, but the data of the individuals, it's, it's really overwhelming and, um, and, and the physical activity and, you know, it's, it's a, a multifactorial path, uh, cause, okay. It's not one thing that caused it and it's not going to be one thing that's going to cure it. Okay. And if you want one pill to cure it, it's not going to happen. Okay. So because it's multidirectional in its, you know, in its, uh, origin, you need a multi-directional therapeutic approach. So everything we talked about is part of the spectrum of treatment, and uh, and and uh, you know happy to go around um, and and go deeper into it with patients. I'm happy to discuss it with it. Uh, it's really um, I, I just want to get it out there. I just want people to know about it and uh, you know and, and learn more about it and and really take an active role in their health. Um, don't be passive. Um, and, you know, get out there and get out to the sun. That's what I would say. 10 minutes after eating and get out to the sun. So two things and then my supplement, the third thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really refreshing to meet a doctor who takes a holistic approach to things that, you know, that, that understands that everything 
is you know uh, is important whether and it's yeah. the stress the yeah. your diet your mental health the exercise yeah. you know uh, nature going out into nature the sun all of that plays a role and, yeah uh, and everything everything is connected yes well Dr. Herman, thank you for being on this podcast. I'm sure our audience uh, will definitely uh, take a few gems of knowledge with them that they can put to good use. Yep, um, and if they, if they want to order from the supplement um, and learn more, reach out. Um, I'm available. Uh, you could even post my email, hweiss at probationlife.com. I'm happy to answer questions uh, and uh, be more than happy to, uh, you know, if you have any follow-up, Barbara, that'd be more than happy to jump back on. Okay. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Barbara's podcast. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter or e-courses. Celebrate life and see you at the next episode.